figure out who is your best customer that you could possibly have and let's get more of them. And when you do that, when you make that focus, what happens is each person you acquire may be more difficult to acquire, but when you acquire them, they're worth so much more. So your time you spend is so much valuable. You get a higher return on investment for your time. And that's why you make more money. How do we as medical professionals create the life of our dreams and still impact the lives of our patients? My name is Dr. Adam Sewell, and I'm here to show you how to break free of the traditional healthcare system that has you overworked and underpaid. If you're ready to join us, visit freedomthroughprosperity.com. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about um, a little strategy that's very powerful, and this strategy will go into helping us as we transition into um, some of the other things that we're going to teach next. Uh, if you will, this strategy is kind of like a kind of like a macro strategy, like an overall strategy, but it's very effective. Uh, so let me, without further ado, let me just go ahead and jump in there and uh, basically go ahead and start um, the strategy and kind of show you guys what we're talking about here. Um, all right, guys, so I've made this little slide deck. Basically, today's going to be an easy one. We're going to talk about this strategy and how to use it in your business. And just to give you an idea of um, how important the strategy is, uh, it's called the best buyer strategy. And there's this guy here, unfortunately he's dead. His name was Chet Holmes. He wrote this book called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And I remember when I was in residency, I would actually read this book while I was in the operating room. Uh, so like basically, um, I guess the first version looks like his daughter, he wrote it with him. But I actually would read this book while I was like, I, I volunteered to like do liver transplants. Cause like when I first, you know, joined, I was like, oh, liver transplants are like the coolest thing, right? And then you realize later it's like, wow, it's like coding somebody for like three hours. You know, it's not, not so fun. Uh, but anyway, in the beginning of liver transplant, is very slow, as you know. And um, basically, <laughs> I would read this book all the time. Uh, anyway, the important thing to realize about Chet Holmes is there's a guy named Charlie Munger. If you don't know who that is, Charlie Munger is one of the wealthiest Americans that has ever lived. He is the business partner of a guy named. Um, why am I blanking on Warren Buffett, guy named Warren Buffett. So Warren Buffett is probably the most famous investor. I don't know if he's the richest investor, but he's definitely one of the most famous investors and still a very, very wealthy dude, right? Um, and Charlie Munger is the guy who runs all Warren's companies. So basically Charlie Munger said, um, had hired this guy, Chet Holmes, to take over a magazine. Uh, and he said, are you sure we're not lying, cheating and stealing in all my years uh, I've never seen anybody double sales three years in a row. And so that's a huge compliment coming from this guy named Charlie Munger. So this guy named Chet Holmes, who's dead now, um, unfortunately, basically was able to double sales for a very large corporation owned by uh, Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett. And he did it three years in a row, which is just like unheard of. Like, you know, that's why uh, Charlie Munger said this, because he's like, hey, are you sure you're not stealing or cheating? Like, we've never seen this kind of growth. And it all came from this one strategy called the best buyer strategy. Basically, what the strategy entails is to focus all your effort only on the buyers that would make a huge difference for your business. And so the way it worked for Chet Holmes is that he was hired to, to be in charge of the marketing for this huge magazine. Uh, and the magazine wasn't doing too well. They were marketing to, uh, they, they figured out there's like 2,216 advertisers that were people that they thought would pay money to put their ads in, in the magazine. And so he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to focus on these guys. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus all my marketing budget, all my time, all my attention, my entire company be focused on these 30 advertisers, which he identified as the best buyers. These were the biggest companies, the most famous companies, et cetera. 
So we focus all of that. And what happened is that by focusing all his marketing efforts on the best buyer, Chet Holmes was able to use the same marketing budget that he had previously and reach the best people. And that's what caused him to grow and double those companies for three years in a row. And that growth blew the mind of, of you know, uh, Charlie Munger, who's, you know, probably like one of the most famous business people in America. Um, and so the question I want to ask you guys tonight is, are you targeting the right people? You know, you can target a lot of people and you may think that everybody's your customer. But the question you got to ask yourself is, who is your best customer? Who is your best buyer? Who is somebody that you when they do business with you, like they do a lot of business with you? Um, this would be the person who like, you know, when, when they come in, you're going to sell them everything plus skincare plus whatever else. Like that is the kind of person it is. Right. So here's ways to determine who your best buyer is. Number one, you should probably think, you know, if, if you have if you're just starting out, and you don't have any customers, you're a very small customer list. This may not work for you. Uh, but if you start to get somewhere around say like 50 to 100 customers that you've treated in your time, uh, you can start to go through your database and start to look at like who is your best customer. And what you will find, because this is mathematics, that you'll find that 20% of your customers will generate 80% of the revenue if given a long enough time frame, right? So if you look at it over a period, like if you just start like two months ago, you won't be able to see this. But if you look at it for a long period, you'll be able to see this, right? And you'll see that there's certain customers that are just simply more valuable to you as a business owner. It doesn't mean like they're necessarily like the other people are just as good. There's no nothing, no judgment here. Um, but basically, the customers are more valuable to your business. Those are the ones you want to look at. You want to compare their details, like what neighborhood they live in. It may sound a little stalkerish or creepy, but like sometimes it's a good idea to just like look up their address and maybe go drive by it and see what's going on over there. You know, like not saying you should like stalk them or anything. But like if you have really good customers that spend a lot of money with you, it might be good to know where they live and you may find trends. You may find trends among jobs. Like, for example, when we were in um, Fort Smith, Arkansas with our first med spa, um, we found that realtors were like a really, really great uh, uh, niche to focus on. And the reason why is because they were all in sales. They were all professional. And then we found there was kind of like two types of realtors. There's realtors that worked really, really hard and made a lot of money. And there was realtors that like were basically wealthy or like their husband was wealthy and they just kind of like played around. And both of those were great customers for the med spa. So um, you can also compare hobbies. In the past, we've run ads to stuff like like we've actually run like targeted ads to, to women who like Lululemon and stuff like that, because you'd be surprised at how many times like little trends or little things that happen with your best customers. They may actually be like a hint, you know. Obviously, like the person who buys like high-end athletic wear probably cares about their body and may even work out a lot, right? Well, that's really important to know because that way you can find more of these people. You can find data on anyone, by the way, and we'll talk a little more about that. But the more you understand who your best customer is and try to get a few of them, like, okay, I got these three customers that spent like 10 times more than everybody else on those three customers, get to know them. Like, what are they doing? What do they like? Where do they live? What do they do for work? You know, try to try to piece it together and you'll start to see some trends that happen and they'll be very useful. And then you got to ask yourself a question, which is, let's, you know, if you didn't have any customers or you didn't have this information, you can still do the same thing, which is ask yourself, what kind of customer would make the biggest difference for your business? And you got to ask yourself, if I had a customer that came in, they wanted Botox, they wanted fillers, they wanted, you know, lip filler, cheek filler, uh, they wanted PRP facial, they wanted, you know, like you name it, like what customer would buy all of that? You know, if I had all my services, who would just buy like everything? Cause not a big deal. And that's going to be one of your best buyers, right? So you want to determine who your best buyer is. 
once you identify the characteristics of your best buyer, please remember that nowadays, especially, you can get lists from almost anywhere. Like getting data is like easier now than it's ever been in history. A long time ago, when you were in business, like we would have to buy lists from like list brokers that then we send them direct mail. Like it was really complicated. Now you can go to any of these websites, US Biz Data, Exact Data, leadsplease.com, any of these. And there's so and there's thousands of more of these things, you know, and I'm not saying you should use any of these or whatever, but there's like tons and tons of these. You can just do a Google search and run into them. But basically, there's so many people that um, that have lists of stuff that you can buy. Uh, and you can like, so for example, if you like right now, I can go to exact data and say, Hey, I want to look at South Lake, Texas. And I want a list of all the people that have a net worth of greater than $15 million in South Lake. Now, do you think if I focus my effort on that list, that, that if I got a buyer from that list, they would be worth a lot more to the med spa than somebody who was just randomly, you know, watching Facebook or randomly driving by definitely. Right. Cause you know, you, you know, that's going to be a better buyer, right? Um, consider marketing to those neighborhoods. Um, you can do this a couple of different ways. One is if you find a neighborhood you can use Google maps and identify the addresses and basically, you know, send out letters to all the addresses if you want to, that's like the oldest and old school way to do it, you know? Um, or two, you can use a thing called every door direct mail or abbreviated it's EDDM. And what that does is, I don't know if you ever got these things in your mail where you like get your mail right and there's like a big flyer and it's real kind of big and like folds maybe, and it has a big flyer. And if you look on it, it says like two postal customer. It doesn't say your name, it just says like that. Like that's called every door direct mail. A lot of times those little flyers, they can be quite effective. They're really not too expensive to send out. They're definitely an investment. So if you're just starting out, it's probably not right for you. But like basically if you have, you know, if you're cash flowing, you have a little bit of money for your marketing budget, you can totally do every door direct mail and just send it to that little to that neighborhood and you may have a very fixed cost. It may be very cheap. You'd be surprised like how, how cheap it can be. Um, and so like, for example, it's not uncommon to send um, a, a, one of those uh, every door direct to an entire neighborhood of like 300 houses for probably less than a hundred bucks. You know, um, I will say with every door direct mail, like it's something that's kind of has to happen repeatedly because people are just kind of numb to messages. So you're going to kind of repeat them. But that's one way to get in front of your best buyers. And then finally, you may just send out invites to an entire neighborhood. So this is also a very effective strategy where you just like basically write an invitation that looks like a cool invitation, like somebody, somebody might send, you know, for a wedding or something and basically send it out to that entire neighborhood. Because, you know, if you had one person that's really good in that neighborhood and it looks like a high, high end neighborhood, then likely you'll have more. Um, and so that's an easy way to get, you know, more of those best buyers. Basically, today's takeaway, there's three major points to focus on or remember from today. Number one, some of your customers are better buyer than others. And so what that means is that you have customers that are more valuable to your business. It doesn't mean you don't have to you know, like them as a person, like you may be friends with somebody else or whatever, that's cool. But from a business only point of view, when you put your CEO hat on, right? There are different, their customers are just more valuable to your business. They're better buyers. They buy more of your stuff. They buy it more often for them. It's not a big deal to spend a lot of money because, you know, they live at a different scale. They live at a different level, you know, um, Two, focus your efforts on the best buyers so you can skyrocket your business. And then three, schedule 15 minutes on your calendar today to just take time for you to think about your best buyers. You know, so often we can see information and we can say, oh, that's really cool. I'm so glad this guy like did this stuff and taught us this. But like, unless you actually schedule it on your calendar, like get your Google calendar, whatever it is that you use, actually put down like 15 minutes for you just to sit down and be like, hey, I'm gonna go through my, <laughs> I'm gonna go through my click practice, I'm gonna go through whatever, I'm gonna find my best customers, right? 
And I'm going to basically find who those are. I'm going to figure out who my best buyer is. And then if I don't have any of that data, I'm going to think about who my best buyer is. And then I'm going to go from there. But if I do have customers that are best buyers, I'm going to try to find them, see if there's any characteristics that are the same. Even if I have to call them just to check on them and, and ask them a few questions, you'd be surprised. People love to share information. People love to talk. So you could totally do that and just get some information about them, you know? Um, and you also, when you see them again, a lot of times the little conversations you have with them that may be considered like, um, you know, chit chat or whatever, you can get a lot of information and it's very useful. So anyway, um, schedule 15 minutes for yourself to figure out who your best buyers are and definitely put that on your calendar so you won't forget and you'll know exactly what to do. Thank you for listening. As medical entrepreneurs, we have a saying, one vision, one purpose, freedom through prosperity. If you're ready to follow your destiny and break free of the mainstream medical system, join us at freedomthroughprosperity.com. See you next week.